0: The dangerous you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, what? trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that yeah. is
1: the that is yeah. our yeah. job. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort. So question as if you were horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see because you can find it homes, just that you don't want to You go by putting a. Is I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and last to nonsense, cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politic, and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got the hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing too. Well, what's up everybody?
2: Welcome back to The Underground for episode 84 My name is David, and I am joined once again by Joseph.
0: Wild West, camp style.
2: Nations, and this is the show where every week we remind you, politics ruins everything. Joseph, how are you doing?
3: Man, I am doing well now. This weekend was uh, a little harsh, though, because uh, we got hit by another blizzard back-to-back, and we lost power, and I didn't know if I was going to be here today, but Uh, thankfully... uh, I am for the people.
2: It's good. I would have had to talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter all by myself. I know. Now you get to do it with me. Yeah. And
3: that reminds me, I need to uh, get that clip of last week and record myself or edit it uh, of me doing the value for value system. Yes. Um, that way you could just plug it in. But I'll just go ahead and let the good people know uh, about it. So we utilize a value for value system, which means you can donate to us and give to us your time, talent, and treasure come straight from the Bible and basically what that means is any value you think you're getting from us which obviously if you like us and you're listening to us we think you are getting a value from us you can give it back to us in return in the form of your time and your talent which you know sending us clips uh you know uh, audio editing video editing uh send us news clips news articles you know entertainment stuff and uh, if we like it you know we'll let you know if not we'll tell you how you can improve potentially Uh, Then the third thing you can donate to us in the form of your treasure, which you can go to our show notes um, and click on the direct.me link. And there you will find our PayPal link where you can give us some U.S. dollars. Uh, You can also find our Bitcoin wallet address where you can give us some bitties up in there. Uh, You know, just drop a couple if you got it. Only two. Uh, So, so easy. Just two. Uh, Anyway, and then you can also find our YouTube channel there, our Odyssey channel, which by the way we were above 300 subscribers now yes
2: yeah i gotta go check on that and make sure that it's still a 300 subscriber count to get everything moved over there yep um but yeah but the
3: plan is to wait till we get a little bit more above that just
2: a little higher i almost did it today because i was like ah we're two above (laughs) (laughs) just scratch that itch, right yeah but i yeah i may wait just a little bit longer but eventually we'll have everything uh and it'll it'll get like ported over to Odyssey. I'm not 100 sure how they do it, but yep. all of our stuff will be mirrored over on our Odyssey channel as well. So yep. if you don't want to support uh, YouTube and you know would prefer to do something that's a more decentralized platform, uh, that's the one to do.
3: Yeah. And speaking of which, you know, I know that PayPal, you know, has a bunch of issues, but the reason why we utilize it is to circumvent if uh on youtube rather than donating through youtube yeah. through their thing which if you want to do that that's fine we'll still take it um but it's just that uh, youtube charges a high fee for that 30 percent, i think and then mm-hmm. paypal is less about 2.7 so helps us out which by the way don't forget don't let me forget to remind you to subscribe to us on youtube Um, Also, comment and like our videos. Engage with us. We will engage with you back on our direct.me link. You'll also find our TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. (laughs) There you go, man. I'm I'm becoming a news professional. You're getting there. You're getting there. Jeez, man. (laughs) Someone's going to have to start paying me for this. But yeah, if you like our content, guys, (laughs) the best things you can do is to download our episodes, share our podcast and or the YouTube channel on social media by word of mouth everywhere. And then also you know, uh, we love doing this. We enjoy it. We do it in our spare time. Our goal is to eventually move this into where we're doing it part-time and then full-time. Uh, and so if you could just set up a $1 uh, recurring monthly uh, charge on PayPal you know, to your account, that'd be great if you think that we're worth a dollar or anything more. You can do more than that too. If you're Elon Musk, you can do 000,
2: 000 a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, invest in our company, Elon. No, um, yeah, One something I thought Was really interesting as I heard Adam talk about it on No Agenda that uh, their recurring donations every month are the thing that keep them going more than anything else. So donations will be different uh, week to week, but the thing he said that is like they're constant and is essentially sort of the foundation for them continuing to be able to do their podcast is those recurring donations that come in Mm -hmm. uh, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, whatever the case may be. Um, That's dollars a
3: dollar is inexpensive. And and I think like, you know, you and I were talking about this last week, if we had, let's just say 50,000 subscribers and only half of them, like on YouTube, for example, and only half of them gave a dollar, well, that's $25,000 a month if it was a reoccurring, you know, dollar charge. Right. And, you know, that's for you, you and me, that's great money. Yeah.
2: Um, and uh, you know, the other thing too, would be, it would be great to get to a place where, um, people are, uh, donating more to us than they are to uh those hacks over at fresh and fit yes <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know exactly who, you don't know who they are we'll, we're probably going to get we'll talk about them next week but they're yep. they're as far as i can tell they're they're pretty big grifters um and they yes, have they two thousand six hundred and sixty six patreons and if you want all of their up-to-date material it's 20 dollars a month on their patreon
3: Oh, so I know they have the they have the five dollar charge, uh-huh. the twenty, the uh-huh. fifty, the ninety seven, and the two hundred. Yeah.
2: So the twenty dollar one, right? So it goes from five dollars, which is all their yeah. like backup stuff from the previous year. So you're not even getting anything that came out this year, right? Right. It's a little sketch. Yep. And then, well, I mean, they're not
3: called Fed and
2: uh, fraud for nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes from five dollars all the way up to twenty. And that's at that level. That's when you're getting your base everything that they're putting out on a on a regular basis. And I'm I, I'm just like that's an odd jump, and it's suspicious. It's just suspicious. Yeah, um, we we don't know them for certain, but if you know a lot of the stuff that uh, goes around about them is true, they are not.
3: Well, I've listened to her stuff, so I know. Yeah, uh,
2: that I at least
3: know what I can speak of them. Which my opinion of those. Dudes are not high. Uh, But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the other thing is, uh, uh, oh, I forgot where I was going to go with that. But, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Now. All right. We talked talked a lot about podcasting 2.0. We have, yeah. And I actually uh, heard this article um, from the No Agenda podcast this past week, but I stopped it. Didn't hear their opinions on it. (laughs) I you know, I didn't he's, want it to inform me. He's you know learning. I mean?
2: He's learning, ladies and gentlemen. Yep.
3: And uh, I just looked up the article, and I thought it'd be great uh, to read and to kind of just. I'm not gonna go through every single point, but uh, it's from the Brookings Institute, Brookings.edu. Uh, but yeah, Brookings Institute, and it's by an article by Valerie. Wirt Schaefer and Chris Messerol, and I only say that because. Ooh, just went a little bit past. It Give me one second. Okay, so Valerie is a senior. This is important before we read the article. She's a senior data analysis in the art in the artific, artificial intelligence. Can I please talk today? And emerging technologies initiative at the Brookings Institution. Chris is a fellow in foreign policy at Brookings Institution and director of research for the Brookings Artificial Intelligence and Emerging Technology Initiative. Both of these, actually this is that's kind of like the kicker. I'll just go ahead and say it. I was going to leave it for them. I'll just go ahead and say it. So Facebook, Google, and Microsoft, all three provide financial support to the Brookings Institution. This is the best part, David. They follow that up with a nonprofit organization devoted to rigorous, independent, and in-depth public policy Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're very independent. Getting
2: funding from Google.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Google, Facebook, and Microsoft. Yeah. It's like, geez, why don't you just have Satan himself also funding? (laughs) (laughs) But so this is, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about podcasting 2.0, and the reason is because it's a way to decentralize because when you, uh, for those who don't know, when you make a podcast, uh, it's hosted on the open web, um, which is using an external RSS feed. David has taught me about this. Uh, and so, uh, you know, podcasting apps typically work by plugging into the external RSS feed and you know, uh, you can, what, what's the no agenda website. They always talk about new podcast Yeah, I believe it is. You can go there, get away from Spotify and, and, uh, Apple and Amazon, too, because, you know, they're all in, in it together and go to go use one of these nude podcasting apps. I've actually been using Podcast Guru and I actually really like it better than any podcasting app I've used so far. I don't know about you, but I enjoy it. But yeah, I do, too. Anyway, It's also a way that you can, uh, with podcasting 2.0, they're trying to use cryptocurrencies and other ways where you can uh, help the creators out as well. But this article starts off with this. A great reckoning has arrived for content moderation in podcasts. Just as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other digital platforms have struggled for years with difficult questions about what content to allow on their platforms, podcast apps must now weigh them all as well. What speech should be permitted, what speech should be shared and what speech well I'm sorry, and what principles should inform those decisions? Although there are insights to be gleaned from these ongoing discussions, addressing the spread of hate speech, misinformation and related content via podcasts is different than on other social media platforms. And this is I'm gonna stop here just so okay, well, what do you mean by hate speech hate speech? How do you define that? Who gets to define that? and the yeah. same thing for misinformation and related content right? How many times did we see during the whole COVID stuff? Just taking down its, on its head. How things uh-huh. like months and months prior uh-huh. were labeled a conspiracy and then months and later mainstream is pushing it. Yeah,
2: Well, and the whole hate speech thing is always so goofy to me because it's so hard to prove that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some stuff going on over in Europe too where they're trying... I can't remember what the name of the bill is, but they're trying to pass some bill that would essentially require social media outlets to... Um, uh censor uh, for hate speech. Yep. And what's probably going to end up happening with that is that those videos or websites or whatever the case may be just won't be available because a lot of these places aren't even going to want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be too much. Yeah. So instead of trying to sift through all of that and have people look and then try to figure like define what that means, they're just going to be like, well, we're just not going to give you access to this.
3: Um, yep and i don't really blame them yeah i don't either because it's, it's it's a dumb law and you know it really just what it it goes back to is are you against are you for the agenda or against the agenda because how many times did we see on twitter for example you know uh you'd have you know some person on the left like taylor rents cry, cry about being bullying but then she goes and uh list yeah. doxes the you know person of uh lives of TikTok or whatnot
2: yeah and it's the same thing where you have people all the time that um are like oh well if they got the chance they would definitely cause this kind of violence and then it's like those are the people that are generally doing it
3: yep so uh the next part in the article or finishing that up it says as a result the main question facing podcasting apps is not what content to host and publish but instead what content to play and amplify
2: Uh
3: next section Balancing moderation with censorship. Debates over content moderation in podcasts hinge primarily on whether and how widely to share so called lawful but awful content. Yeah, like you know, one. someone just sat on that for so long. Be, oh, I got a good one. <laughs> lawful but awful. <laughs> oh, that's so smart. <laughs> I can rhyme. Uh, major podcasting apps, the applications, commonly used on smartphones, tablets, and computers to listen and download to podcast episodes already have policies and procedures in place to deal with blatantly illegal content. Spotify or Apple Podcasts Jeez. won't knowingly distribute an Islamic State recu- recruitment podcast. I wish they would because I would listen. It would be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It would be interesting. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, it, but it I can got- understand the reasoning behind it.
2: Well, it goes back to the same thing we were talking about last week with the shooter in New York where they just completely like brought down his YouTube page or whatever and it was bugging me a little bit because it's news, right? Like It's, it's mm-hmm. interesting and you're like, all right, so what was going on with this guy? And so instead of allowing the public to um, get a hold of that, they completely removed stuff and they're like, well, it's a guidelines violation. It's like, but now we don't yep. know we don't know what was going on with this guy. Like what if it's like, what if there's someone in our life that is saying similar things or has is talking in a similar way. It would be nice to know that that person exists. What that looks like. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And that's the thing. Like they say here, you know, so Spotify and Apple won't only distribute an Islamic state recruitment podcast. And then they say, since doing so would open them to prosecution for supporting a designated terrorist group. I'm like, there's other terrorist groups they support. (laughs) 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 uh no but like that's so dumb because obviously you know spotify and apple wouldn't be doing that in my opinion Uh, but how podcasting apps should handle hate speech misinformation and related content that is legal but may have harmful societal effects is far less clear and here's where it gets even you you kind of you, you see the reason why they're uh saying this yeah um, below the level of blatantly illegal content, the most popular podcasting apps face a daunting challenge. On the one hand, given the scale and reach of apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, each now enjoys more than twenty-five million monthly podcast listeners in the U.S. So, I, in my particular opinion, the reason why you know these data analysis uh, people have written this podcast and they're they're wanting Spotify and Apple to take their cues from is because of, you know, people switching away from the corporate press, like television. And now like, uh, I think, what is it like people get their, like 25% of people get their news or more now get their news from podcasting. And so it's just a way to control, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But decentralization is the way to go. Yeah. They
2: want, they, well, and this is a problem that we have and it's why we keep telling people all the time to get new apps where it's like. We would probably be fine just because we're so small right now, Um, Mm -hmm. but eventually the algorithm would get a hold of us, or someone would get a hold of us, and we wouldn't be able to be on some of these platforms anymore. But if you have,
3: and that's exactly what they talk about later on the article. I won't read any more of it, but later on the article they say there's a difference in. They're not necessarily wanting Apple and podcasts primarily to censor people and kick them off, but more so they're they're saying there's a difference in allowing or, you know, them being on the platform versus the algorithm amplifying them.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing is that they want it's jealousy to some degree this is yep. this is kind of what happens when you back someone into a corner because i think a lot of these people realize that their jobs are at stake uh, yep. no one's listening to him anymore everyone's listening to joe rogan jordan peterson ben shapiro <laughs> they actually
3: used joe rogan as a uh example uh
2: huh um and people like that podcast they like what he's doing they feel like he's being authentic with them and the people that he's bringing on and the conversations that he's having um even if he's not right all the time what i mean people this is the thing is that a lot a lot of people think that uh or a lot of people in those uh media industries think that the public is dumb and and we have we have we got a clip is that still in here Uh, what for this week that clip where the ladies like uh oh they're uh, telling them what to think—that's our job.
3: Yeah. Um, it's still in here. I'll put it right beneath that, so it's easy for you to
1: <laughs> pull.
3: There you go, right there. It's right beneath the first uh, article on uh, oh, gotcha. podcasting. Oh, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: This is perfect to so just bring. Go ahead and bring this up. Sorry, it's loading. Oh
1: and are still Trump supporters. They go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do.
0: Well, and I think that the dangerous you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, we- trying to make up his own facts and it could be that while unemployment and uh, the the economy worsens he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think and that if, is the that is our you, job
2: yeah if you yeah <laughs> and the guy's like yeah it is <laughs> and that is our job yeah uh, i wouldn't have said that out loud kids. but uh, yeah Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, that's the way that a lot of these people think that, especially in the corporate press, the people who are like legacy media is another name that they get called Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Um, they think that it's their responsibility to tell everyone what the facts are, what's truth. Right. And when people move away from that and when they feel like they've been, you know, um, lied to whatever the case may be, and now this is starting to hit people's bottom line they uh the the corporate presses i mean they're backed into a corner and so now they're trying to swing right you that all right. that stuff that happened with cnn and joe rogan um i know that uh they've gone after this cnn plus is over other, now yeah some other people only three too. weeks yeah we've lasted longer than them <laughs> <laughs> with no money <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> yeah um it's it's crazy and again it just goes back to the original point. That's stop using Apple Podcasts, move away from Spotify Podcasts. I mean, Joe Rogan's on there exclusively, so I understand that. Um, That probably won't last forever. Let's be real about it. And then find a third-party app and listen to a majority of your podcasts on there. Because if you like listening to some of these ones that would be quote-unquote controversial to the mainstream, they might not be around forever on your favorite app.
3: Yeah, eventually you're going to have to anyway so just i mean eventually yeah. you're going to have to because people are going to get censored it's coming and you know if you want to listen to them you're going to have to go and do it so i yeah, mean you know but the important thing to remember is that the obama podcast sucks too yeah uh, they've yeah spotify drop it still with brock and michelle you know of course legacy media is reporting it as you know and who knows i mean they're reporting it that uh you know, Barack and Michelle decided not to renew with uh, Spotify because they wanted to be on every streaming pl- platform, not exclusive. And I'm like, well, they could if they wanted to. You don't need a deal to do that. You can just set it up yourself, right? You have a production company anyway. But, yeah, no, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, there. So there's, for people who are interested want to know more about it, you can go to our show notes and just look under the subject. The Obama podcast sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: because it does yeah all right well we got to move on to netflix Yep. talk about them a little bit um let's do it so uh yeah netflix spotify as well the
3: no there's so the reason why i brought up spotify um was because they're not doing well either um they have a they have a ton of debt and i think a lot of these places spotify and netflix and um you know we talk a lot about bots on platforms like youtube and stuff and how it boost numbers and everything and I think with Spotify just being in a bunch of dead Netflix as well you know eventually everything's going to come to a head you know what I mean
2: yeah well yeah well Netflix is a a particularly interesting one because um, a lot of people thought that it was just that they had gone so woke um, that people were starting to cancel their subscriptions which yeah um, that's happened I mean the whole cuties thing that happened last year or year before whenever that was was a problem but it's other things in that it's it's also that their content generally sucks at this point Um, it's it's
3: woke and it sucks which is
2: (laughs) and and honestly man they they got rid of the office which i think was a huge mistake for them um they do they do have seinfeld but they had to pay for that um and i don't think on a streaming service i i don't know for certain like seinfeld might be doing really well for them um but the Office, at least with a lot of millennials, like that was the thing that was keeping them on Netflix. It was our
3: generation, Seinfeld.
2: Yeah, and it was it was something that was keeping people signed on to their uh, their service, yep. and it went away. And I'm sure some people went with it because that was well, the main thing that they were using. We'll play this clip and let's and we'll get into it. Chairs
4: sure. of Netflix, the company has lost forty billion dollars in market cap in the after-hours session. That's about the size of one HP one Kroger, or one Devon Energy. That's a lot. A Netflix's conference call kicks off in just a few minutes. Our next guest says these numbers are about four or five Twitters. Let's bring in Jeffrey's Jared Weisfeld on the fast line. Jared, great to have you with us.
3: Thanks, Melissa, great to be here.
4: Is it your take that this is a growth stock that just has to resume its growth path, or is this a growth stock that's just on the other side of its growth trajectory here?
3: No, we're, we're clearly in the camp of transitioning from growth to GARPY and potentially value. If you look at the rate of subscriber loss, it's it's absolutely alarming coming in at negative 200,000 in the current quarter and a forecast of negative 2 million into June. To just help put things in perspective. Negative 2 million subscribers. 5 results. million positive subscribers across Projected. the two quarters cumulatively Versus the almost you know negative 2.2 million that they just reported, so uh, we're we're absolutely at the point of uh, of market saturation. And even more concerning is you know that within uh, within the first three sentences of the shareholder letter, they're talking about increasing competition impacting the business. So uh, I think we're we're definitely on the other side of the growth. Yeah, sector. you can pause it now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I I thought it would be good for us to talk about it because I feel like you know the times where we have talked about this, it's been we've had a nuanced thing. We haven't just said like a lot of people that we've heard talk about it. or At least myself, it's just been like, "Well, they're woke. That's why they've crashed." I'm like, it's it's more nuanced. That's that's one answer, but it's more nuanced than that. And I completely agree, too.
2: Bro, I've been, like, uh, muted for a little bit. <laughs> Dang it, I did that again. That's all good, um, man. Anyway, so if you guys didn't hear, Netflix is down another, like, $50 or so from that stock. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons for... Um, for them to uh be having issues besides the fact that they just went woke i think that's kind of closer to the icing on the cake than it is the actual substance of why um they're failing uh they're mm-hmm. too expensive they're nearly double the rate of almost any other streaming service right now yeah um and you know after all crazy yeah after a while there's only so much that you want to watch or you you know you get a subscription for a little while then you don't get one um, another thing is that COVID is over. And I imagine if you went back to sometime in summer of 2020, they mm-hmm. saw a pretty big jump. Yep. Um, got really excited and over invested in things that they probably shouldn't have. Right. Yep. Um, because they saw this extra money coming in and didn't consider that, well, this isn't going to last forever. Uh, maybe we need to be a little more careful about the way that we're we're handling the company. Um, also, Netflix is notorious For spending as much money as possible to get things. Yes, Um, they are. They wanted to be the, uh, like, the the place for content, right? Mm -hmm. For, like, streaming content. Um, aren't they like trying to get into video games too isn't that a, like kind of, yeah. a thing, kind of a thing um, so I saw
3: a uh, it's one of the, the subjects they want to ruin video games too uh, I saw an advertisement <laughs> well, for it uh, and I was just like oh gosh no
2: yeah I well here's the thing I, I I probably wouldn't go as far as to say they want to ruin video games there have been so many companies that have tried to come out I think Amazon's failed two or three times at this point Google's um, failed Google uh, they uh, these companies come out They think they can compete with the big three, um, and they can't because, you know, as far as consoles are concerned, uh, the market isn't that big. Now, games is a different thing, right? Just like Mm -hmm. your actual software. Um, But But your firmware. Yeah, unless you're just making PCs, um, unless you're Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft, software is the only thing left to go on i mean you're just you're not going to be able to compete with these companies mm-hmm. um, they've got they're they are too old at this point they have way uh th- their ability even nintendo even nintendo everybody fails uh, each one of them has their own weaknesses or whatever um but they are so cemented in what they do in the console market it's honestly in my opinion it's near impossible to break in at this yeah. point I, I just don't you would have to i don't know it would it literally would probably have to be a miracle from heaven for your company to be able to make a console that is actually able to compete or it would it would cause you would have to have one of the other three go bankrupt disappear like you know what i mean it would have to be extreme
3: circumstances you'd have to have lightning catch lightning in a bottle basically oh yeah
2: you Um, know what i mean and and honestly microsoft i think that they caught lightning in a bottle back in like 2000 or whenever the original Xbox came out. It was Halo that did it. Well. Halo, yeah, Halo was a a big reason for that. Um, they they really did the have, TV show, <laughs> the t- Yeah, <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. But yeah, you're you're right. There, there were a couple things that uh, Xbox did, um, over the course of you know their first ten years or so that mm-hmm. really cemented them as as one of the big three. Um, yep. And now they're they're doing a lot of other stuff because they even even Microsoft understands that software ultimately is going to be more important than the hardware, um, of where they are, and that's their model and something that they're looking towards. So, yeah, yeah, Netflix is Netflix is in trouble, man. I I'm going to only because it seems a little silly to to put like a final nail in their coffin right now, because mm-hmm. um, everybody likes to have their theories, and again, yep. it's it's a bit of a bias because people are like, screw Netflix because of this or whatever. It's like they're not. They're not gone until they're gone. You know yep. what I mean. Uh, it, maybe maybe they see all of this. They restructure. Blockbusters revenge. <laughs> yeah, blockbusters <laughs> revenge. Um, it's possible that they'll restructure. It's possible that they'll see all of this and go, well, hey, um, you know, this hasn't been going very well. Um, we need to figure out what the problem was, right? And if they were able to recapture the magic of them in like, twenty, like twenty sixteen, when um. Stranger Things came out and they were kind of in the prime of doing uh, 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 House of Cards um, and and a few other things like that. I mean, Netflix legitimately at one point had like Emmy winning shows like House of Cards was huge for them. Um, Stranger Things, too, and a few others.
3: And that's the thing. Like Netflix. You know, so part of the problem you've already mentioned. We've already talked about the woke audiology, the the other stuff you listed as well, and you know how they used to be great back in the day. And um, the problem is, is that it seems like now they're so quick to access a show if it isn't as performing. And by performing, I mean adding as many subscribers as they uh, want it to, yeah. rather than like trying to stick with it and allow it to build a core audience like a show they actually have that's good that's you know doing decent and it has to grow right if you're doing something original mm-hmm. they just ask them too soon on top of that then you have stuff like the office and you know uh, other content from uh, uh you know these other companies pulling their content from netflix and you know, then you have the price plans. Then you have, okay, it's woke and it's crappy. They have bad writers, which is plaguing everywhere right now, but especially Netflix. Uh, that's yeah. why there's that meme with Netflix, right? Um, you know, I love what Elon Musk had said. Funny enough, we're going to talk about him later. But when he said, I can't wait for the Netflix adap- adaption of the Ukraine and Russian conflict <laughs> where they have a black lesbian female play uh, the president of Ukraine. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's a meme for a reason.
2: Yeah, they... Yeah, they, they just cannot seem to um, figure things out. Uh, and now and now I,
3: they're going to ruin the model with the uh, ad-supported plans because their whole thing, David, has been no ads, no yep. ads, no ads. Yep. And now that they're going to go to ad-supported plans, like they plan on doing like a free one uh, just with ads, I think it's going to ruin the platform.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, even I think, more i think it's gonna yeah that's it's, it's gonna, unfortunate man i mean and least, then
3: cracking uh, down on password sharing when previously they had oh, encouraged true. it
2: yep yeah they're uh they're gonna run into some trouble i i think a lot of people have already moved on to well i think what a lot of people do now is that they have shows that they like at certain times of the year and mm-hmm. so they they have a subscription for a couple months get rid of it when that show's done um, move on to whatever's next yeah, um, which is the way to do it. Yeah, but the the biggest problem is, is if they don't have bangers, like if they don't have stuff like think about the whole thing with Halo, right? Mm-hmm. Halo, at least among people who are trying to be honest about the show. It's not it's not good. And a lot of people know this now. And some people have probably given up if they even started it to begin with. And then there's going to be a lot of people when the next season comes around that they're going to be like, I'm not I don't care. Yep. Yeah. And they're going to see a big drop off on that. Um,
3: Cause you get, you get the previous season sentiment and the next season.
2: Y- exactly. Yeah. That happens a lot. Um, and it, if it's not even like bad entertaining, like you can guarantee a lot of people are just going to be like, I just don't care.
3: <laughs> yep. exactly. So yeah, man, I just I, think it's just where we're at now. And I think mm-hmm. Netflix is going to continue to crater. Disney is, Well, man. And I'm,
2: I'm telling you, like, I think, uh, you know, people were talking about manga recently and, and how it's been on the rise. I think anime is too. Um, Crunchyroll is, I think, about to merge with Funimation. And Ooh. they're they're the two, like, big... Uh, the big ones. The big ones. And um, there's so much content. Uh, I think that you're going to see a lot of people moving in that direction, uh, especially that people are going to kind of start getting more curious about it now that it's a little... I, I say a little more mainstream um people still look at it as like this uh you know uh weird you know people who don't ever take a shower sort of thing um yeah and most of it is because they just don't understand i some of it is like extra like i think i had mentioned this to you before it's like you kind of have to be careful or it's like everybody has their different tolerance for different stuff because some of it is like really weird and then some of it's like just way too horny and yeah. so you you have to you have to be able to kind of like figure out what's good for you or whatever the stuff that you really like, um, because I do think sometimes they call it fan service. I think sometimes mm-hmm. that stuff takes away from uh, the, the content of the show. Um, they're not perfect by any means. Right. But but in most cases, you're getting a show that is not trying to uh, push some sort of like ideological, politically driven message down your throat right the men and the women both have roles in some cases the shows have strong men and they have strong women um the leads come from different backgrounds a lot of the time like it's i mean it's japanese to begin with right so it's it's not even coming out of this like white privilege yada yada. you know what i mean It, it it's not coming from that direction with any of that and it's so crazy dude to think that even on a really like uh, uh on the like basis of the plots of these shows they're so much more varied than the stuff that we're seeing out of the states where it's like you'll have like there was one that i watched where this guy uh he's like a scientist or whatever in high school and the entire world gets turned to stone mysteriously and they wake up like three thousand years in the future and then like that's the premise of the show and they have to learn how to survive and they're trying to put the human race uh like turn them all back from stone and you're just like whether you think it's a good idea or not it's like at least there's creativity behind what yep. they're doing right it's not like oh my gosh look it's real housewives of uh Buncombe county now or like it, you know the whatever real housewives
3: of tiktok dude
2: there's literally like a show that some people were telling me about i think last week called f boy island yes I'm, on HBO. I'm, I'm just like y'all you have to
3: figure out which person which man is there for love <laughs> and which man is there just to hook up
2: right and I'm just like, and, and they're talking about this in a way where it's like, I guys, I I don't want to, I don't want to come off as like a, a pretentious, like film critic or whatever, but it's like, there's better stuff out there. Yeah. Like there's, there's stuff that you can watch that might actually bring a little bit of like something into your, your soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know like, what you mean. I, you know, I,
3: people I, like conflict and drama, man. And there's plenty of it in, uh, what you're talking about but
2: yeah it's completely well i guess it's all fabricated generally on those shows yeah. too but it's it's so it's just so odd to me man like um anyway uh, we're like totally off subject but what i'm what i'm saying is is like i wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing cultural shifts away from a lot of these mainstream outlets and you start Seeing a lot of these places getting angry too, yeah. Um, like the Lord of the Rings stuff was going on, and it it wasn't a 24 hours after people started criticizing that trailer that they brought the uh, isms and ists out. Oh um, yeah, from every direction. So, all right, we gotta we gotta keep going. Um, do you want to do uh, the COVID rundown?
3: Uh, you don't. We don't have to worry about playing the clip. I'll just let the good people know. Uh, which, by the way they've taken it only has 1.5 million dislikes now it was at 3 million and then it was 1.8 and then it went back up to 3 million and now it's 1.5 <laughs> million dislikes but there's still millions of dislikes on that trailer anyway so the COVID update is basically a federal judge in florida struck down um the mass mandate requirement because the cdc did not have the legal authority to uh which is what the supreme court said about the eviction mandates but the cdc did not have the uh, uh, legal authority to regulate um the mass mandates to require them so
2: yes that's why
3: we're struck down and uh fauci can suck it
2: hmm uh yeah he's pretty much disappeared i don't know yeah. and and it's funny i've heard some uh some reports from a couple different outlets and it's so funny to listen to him and be like guys 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 seriously we have to keep telling you about this please and it's like yeah. no one's listening to you anymore
3: <laughs> no one cares um, again it's like when people ask me what's your uh, uh, COVID, you know, nineteen stance, I just said, just listen to the song "Party Hard" by NWK. WK. <laughs> That's my stance on COVID.
2: Um, and I know, I it might not be, completely the case. Um, but it seems like a lot of the Vax mandate stuff is going away too. Yeah. Um, except for in Philadelphia, they're trying to keep it alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Philly. It's Philly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, man, it, yeah, it's probably something to talk about on another show we can, um, cause I know, I know at some point you want to kind of like run back through some of the major, um, moments from that. And we can talk about yeah. it a little bit like the here and now, but it's, it, it's one of those things. It's like a fresh of breath air and it's just kind of hoping that they don't try to f- pull any more garbage like this. Cause, um,
3: I think they are going to with, uh, you know, like a cyber attack or something and try and get control back that way yeah or in some regard, but. Um, it's funny because, you know, and again, that's why people need to listen to, uh, podcasting 2.0 where we can freely talk about this stuff uh, and not have to worry about being banned from Apple and uh, Spotify. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I was listening to, uh, what was I listening to? Ah, I I forgot my train of thought. Go ahead.
2: Oh, well, we'll, we'll just move on to, to the next thing. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of glad that that stuff's done and yeah the cyber attack stuff would be really interesting and i man it's just it's like just this uh this recurring cycle of it's like the media tries to freak people out everyone starts Mm -hmm. freaking out and it's interesting right the moral um the like moralistic attitude that people get i don't even know if that's the right way of, of putting it but all of a sudden it's like something happens and everyone acts like they are like so good that they have yes. the high ground in this situation you know uh, whereas
3: our stance has been guys just do what you want to do
2: well not not just that but it's like let's let's hold off a little bit let's see what's going on mm-hmm. let's you know assess everything and then maybe we can start forming um reliable opinions yeah uh, about what's actually happening right and because th- it happened again with the whole uh ukraine stuff like we've we've been talking about where it's like oh Uh, they're saying this is going on. And then like a week later, it's like, oh, that actually wasn't completely true. Yeah. Um, And then
3: you get reports that, you know, from the CIA and Pentagon saying that, well, even if something isn't, we can't verify it right away. We're just going to run with it.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) And so people, people need to be careful. Um, it's most of the time, it's not worth it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people, I think, families are going to be struggling for a long time to kind of get back to normal after all of the, uh, the COVID stuff. Yeah, Uh, absolutely.
3: Just like families are doing now in the Ukraine. mm -hmm. Um, and everything is funny because the former ambassador to Ukraine, uh, who, uh, uh, testified during the, uh, Trump impeachment, um, testified against Trump, I should say. Uh, and the left, you know, lauded as this amazing woman and stuff like that. Uh, uh, she, her name's uh, Marie Yovanovitch. Yeah. And uh, she was speaking on uh, PBS this past week, and she had an interesting take on what would have happened in Ukraine had Trump been the Presidente. Oh, yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, this was... Twitter's running slow tonight. Everybody's on there. Yeah, you're good freaking out about
4: president president trump
2: elon musk claimed uh-huh. that
4: this invasion quote never would have happened in the trump administration i've heard that you have also suggested that putin might not have gone to war
2: hang on sorry i, I just want everyone to pay attention to this lady's cadence when she's asking these questions it's very she, off it, yeah she clearly thinks it's all crap like you can you can just hear it. I'm going to I'm going to start it over cuz and hopefully people can, like pick up on it. She's she's coming at this like President Trump actually thinks that he oh that God. this stuff in Ukraine wouldn't have happened if he was still the president. Like that's the attitude that's coming off of her asking this question. Hells a ski. Yeah, it's interesting.
4: President Trump has claimed that this invasion:
2: Oh, also, you can't see it, but she smiles. man, there are always these tells yep. with, with people, and she's got this, these like this, these smirks or whatever, like, oh, he's so full of crap.
4: quote, "Never would have happened in the Trump administration." I've heard that you have also suggested that Putin might not have gone to war if Trump was still in office, and you said, quote, "You don't need to go to war if you're getting everything you want through other means." Um, tell me what you meant by that.
0: Trump was um, very dismissive of NATO. I mean, dismissive is obviously a diplomatic word, very critical of NATO, critical of our allies, and his close associates, including John Bolton, have said that if he had won a second time, he would have pulled us out of NATO. Jeez, I mean, why go the guy that Obama even recruiting? fired? If the United States is going to present, um, you know, kind of the the, the corpse of NATO on a silver platter, you don't need to do that.
4: Do you I mean how do you think the invasion would have been different if Trump had remained as
0: president?
3: Wait for it, here it comes.
0: I think that Trump would have provided Putin with enough of what he wanted that you know perhaps he wouldn't have invaded.
4: So if if Trump had <laughs> had a second term and you think that Putin wouldn't have invaded because of that? What would Ukraine look
0: like? So we are now getting into, you know, this is why diplomats are told never to answer theoretical questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're getting into uh, areas of, um, you know, I mean, it's a hypothetical question, right? Um, I don't know what yeah. Trump would have done and I don't know what Putin would have done. But um, I can't see Trump, a uh, uh, President Trump, standing up for Ukraine the way President Biden is right now.
3: So it, it, yes, yeah. <laughs> so she comes out and she says this would have been handled diplomatically had Trump been yeah. in office. <laughs> so there that do you mean to tell me thousands of people wouldn't have been killed and displaced, right? Because it, this would have been handled in a diplomatic way.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I think you might be right about that. Um, <laughs> it's also really interesting. She clearly NATO is one of those things that a lot of these uh, politicians. Tend to see as like a shining light in the world yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's not yeah it's it's interesting I
3: mean,
2: neither is the UN mm-hmm. I, but I think there's, there's something to be said there I mean I don't know it would have been really interesting to see if Trump had actually been able to um, threaten us removing ourselves from NATO um, mm-hmm. in that way and accomplishing a lot of that because again you and I have talked about on the show I mean NATO is legitimately one of the reasons we're having a lot of trouble over in Ukraine right now Yep, it and, is a lot of people don't seem to see it. And they're like, they're like, oh, you know, Russia invaded. We need to keep sending over like javelins and all these other. And it's like, y'all.
3: But why did Russia invade? It's not. A, it's not about being, you know, it, it's about being truthful. And I understand that both sides are lying. Both sides are bullcrap. Don't trust Putin. We don't like Putin. Don't yeah, like, it's, you know, <laughs> like, you yeah, oh, oh, duh, but but. If you're looking at it and a guy says, hey, you, you have this, you know, decades of the U.S. encroaching upon Russia, Russia viewing the U.S. as an enemy, the enemy gets to your doorstep. What are you going to do? Yep. <laughs> Wait for them to take the first swing.
2: Yeah. NATO NATO is this very, very powerful institution basically because of the U.S. Like, let's yep. let's be real about it. If the U.S. wasn't there, NATO would be as useless as the U.N
3: yeah that um, doesn't make what Putin did right, but no, you have no to understand that. your enemy. And at the end of the day, you're going to have yep. to sit down at a table anyway. Yep. So, you know, I think there's a point there, you know, diplomatically. I think this would have been probably I, under Trump handled. Yeah. Better, definitely better than Biden, for I, sure.
2: I say this all the time. But I don't
3: think Trump is that, you know, as great yeah. of a fighter as most people say he is.
2: I say this all the time, but there are a lot more people who believe in utopias um, than generally want to admit it. Like this, yep. I- this idea that it, you know and they're but the funny thing about it is they'll pretend that they're like peace loving people but a lot of them are like well if we just like blow russia off the map uh, <laughs>
3: I don't, or if we just put all the russians in concentration camps yeah, here exactly. in america so we can monitor them because we never know if they're uh Sputin assets
2: well and that's the thing is like you don't have to be a uh like a br- like brilliant on uh the world as far as like what goes on in the world stage to have some common sense that it's like if someone believes someone else is their enemy and they encroach on them, they're probably going to bite back. Yeah. Um, and Putin may not, you know, Russia may not be like the most powerful actor in the world, but they're strong enough that in the area they're in, if they want to push their weight around a little bit, they can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have the the mainstream media and a lot of politicians who have been fear mongering about Russia on the world stage for like way longer than is necessary and you gotta Mm -hmm. wonder at some point it's like what's the game right like what's their specific reason behind constantly bringing russia up using russia as like a scapegoat for all the stuff that that, quote unquote trump was doing right yeah there it's it's very odd people need
3: that existential threat to to keep them in check all the time yeah and you know it's one of the things you got midterms coming up in november and I think that, you know, you're probably going to see the Democrats, you know, try and pull something else because they're going to be probably suffering, you know, huge losses unless something changed, Right. You know, and they're really trying to get COVID back in action with this new variant crap and everything else, uh, because, you know, if they can get back to mail in balloting, you know, that can they know that can really help them. But yeah, do you well, want I don't know how much time we have left. Do you want to talk about this MT Yeah, uh, let's talk MTG about it.
2: Stuff? Uh, let's talk about it for just a second. and Then we'll get into the Elon. stuff. OK. I'm gonna play this clip. Just 19 seconds. Oh, it's,
1: it's muted. Developing tonight, Georgia Congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, insists she did not help incite the January 6 riots at the Capitol last year. Just this afternoon, she testified at a hearing in Atlanta. This is happening because a group wants her to be declared ineligible to run for re-election in the primary next month. 11 love it alive, John Sher- um,
2: so yeah. Well this is over was, this is over the January sixth stuff, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're saying she sent messages saying that, you know, Trump needs to enact martial law to take back our country. We all know that the Democrats and them committed fraud and yada yada yada. They're milking this stuff for as much as they can. Yeah. I really think what all this is is the same thing with the lawsuits with Trump and with MTG and and other people is trying to go after um, their enemies uh, as much as they can to, to drain them financially and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, my whole point is really if you like um, Marjorie Taylor Greene or not, you know, that doesn't matter. It's it's concerning in the sense of the constituents should be able to choose. Uh, yes. You know, yeah, and it's clear that January 6th, was not an insurrection Dude,
2: they i can't remember i think like. it was. i think it was npr who's been pulling the stunt now and this is the same crap that was going on back with uh like chuck schumer but they were pulling the stuff now where they're like um oh, what was it oh the, it's like uh russia north korea january 6th yep. like no joke that kind of stuff um you it's know it's like satan hitler my enemy. <laughs> MTG. Yeah, yeah. That, it's that kind of thing. Um, and it's like that, that meme, The the it's like the book that it's like everyone that doesn't like me is Hitler or something like yeah. that. Or doesn't agree with me is Hitler. Um, yeah, I think it's it's dumb. Um, yeah, and concerning pe- too because it's like... Let, let people actually choose their... Yeah. Their congressmen and their senators. Yeah. Even now, with
3: the guy mm-hmm. who got, uh who banged the Chinese spy over there in California and farted yeah. on national television, Eric Swalwell. I mean, if California you know,
2: can't get their crap together and it's really as corrupt over there as the people say that it is, I mean, again, what, that's their let state. Them keep,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let them keep voting in terrible people that don't do anything for them. Yeah. And, you know, huh, there you go. You get what you vote for.
2: Yeah uh I, I the the idea of democracy and that the majority of people know what's best for <laughs> it, i i find to be suspect at yeah. best that's a nice way of putting it that is a
3: nice way of putting um, it
2: yeah uh yeah. all right well let's talk about uh this stuff going on with elon let's do it um we got a couple clips our savior the modern day tony stark himself yeah so here's here's the first clip this was before um the the most recent news came out but um we'll we'll play both
5: here's some news for your monday morning twitter is reportedly close to a deal to sell itself to elon musk the social media giant taking another look at the tech billionaires takeover bid after he lined up more than 46 billion dollars to acquire the company and take it private kelly o'grady from fox business live in los angeles with more hi kelly
6: hi dana Yeah, in a stark turn of events, Twitter is reportedly poised to accept Elon Musk's best and final offer of $54.20 per share. They're in the final stretch of negotiations and a deal could happen within the next 24 hours. Now, The company was set to decline Musk's offer, even putting in place a poison pill to block him from increasing his stake. But after meeting with the billionaire yesterday and after pressure from Twitter shareholders to take the deal, the board was running out of options. (laughs) Elon Musk announcing last week that he secured over $46 billion to finance the deal. Deal, and even meeting privately with shareholders to convince them to back him, that obviously put some pre- uh, Twitter under a lot of pressure. Now, what shareholders are willing to accept, though, depends on their investment strategy. We spoke to a number of short-term investors this weekend, and the prevailing theme was they want Twitter to take the current deal. A few shared a complete lack of confidence in new CEO Parag Agrawal and noted the stock had been dropping until Elon made his announcement. Longer-term investors, however, think the offer undervalues the company. Now, Twitter is certainly performing their own valuation right now so they can justify to elon and shareholders what the company's worth one snack even if a deal goes through centers on musk's trouble with the sec if twitter establishes that a sale to musk would be risky it could ask for a sizable fee in the case the deal falls through but no agreement yet dana one thing i want to keep watch on is what happens with the stock price okay it's um,
2: well as of i think three thirty ish on the day that we're recording this, uh, mm-hmm. they came to an agreement. Yes, they did. Um, I don't have that NPR one pulled up. Uh, for forty-four billion, I believe, is what they they landed on. Um, something I thought was kind of kind of interesting. Um, they uh, the, the she mentioned something, and they're called the poison pill. Uh, this was something that I had never heard of in the this like stock market before. Oh, you haven't. Um and. It was really interesting that it's kind of a gamble. It's kind of similar. I was calling it. I was telling someone about it today, and I was calling it poison the well, which is essentially the same thing. Um, and they uh, they were trying to put that in place to block him um, from getting the funds. But it's the reason they call it a poison pill is because it has the chance to backfire on the the person using it, and they could have ended up like devaluing the company completely, like tanking the stock. Um, and so. It looked like once they got some pressure from other shareholders to just take the offer, they were like, "All right, I guess we're doing it." Yep. Um, Because
3: the the poison pill is something that's, you know, if they were
2: enact that, that's
3: something that the stock market views very negatively. Right. And then on top of that, there's so many regul you know uh, regulations between the SEC and the SEC, and you know we have someone who gives a like. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the percentage. I w- it was like tens. Like I want to say forty percent more than what Twitter was worth. Right? That Musk offered, and that's yeah. not. You have to do things that are in the best interest when you're public company of your shareholders. Yep. Right? And yeah, it would have just been bad. But speaking of which, uh, you're just gonna find this funny real fast. I just saw that Taylor Lorenz uh, did a PSA and said, "Deadline tomorrow. I do not give Twitter Elon Musk or any entities associated." with permissions to use my pictures, informations, messages, blah, 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 both past and future. With this statement, I give notice to Twitter and Mr. Musk. It is strictly forbidden to disclose, copy, distribute, or take any other action against me based on this profile and or its contents. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes on to say, this is in violation of penal code, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff is just... Sounds like crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like...
2: Lady, if you put if you put any of your stuff out on the internet, it's it's out on the internet. Yeah. You, you don't... there that... Yeah, you don't have like...
3: It's the same thing that old people do on Facebook, thinking Uh, it means something. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's
2: ridiculous.
3: (laughs) I just had to say that real fast, man. (laughs) Oh, man. So many. I'm going to enjoy the meltdown, dude. Next week's show was just Twitter meltdown.
2: Yep. yep. Hey, (laughs) look at this one or all these people i saw a picture though that i thought was really funny someone was like all the uh, accounts that were banned on twitter uh coming back now that elon's running the company and it was like all these portals from avengers opening up and all the people like flooding through i thought that was pretty funny
3: uh trump came out and said like he thinks that elon musk is a good man it's great that he's going to be taken over twitter but that he's not going to be uh Going back to Twitter, that he's going to be on Truth Social, Oh, be yeah. like, "Man, you're going to be the only one on there." Yeah, dude. No,
2: <laughs> My, a buddy of mine yeah. literally sent me. It was Jake. He he sent me a message. I think yesterday. He's like, "Hey, I finally got accepted into Truth Social."
3: Yeah, he followed us because I do. I created us an account. Oh, there. nice.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to let you uh, handle that. I don't. I don't give a crap.
3: No, no. I'll, I went to go delete it today but i was having i got caught up at work so i was gonna go delete our account so what's
2: going on in there is there i mean like i don't know i didn't
3: follow hardly anybody well why don't you
2: why don't you poke around in there this week and then bring us a report next week about it
3: as just like (laughs) hey like here's what it is here's what's
2: going on
3: i don't even think trump hang on i'll I'll give you a live a live. i don't think
2: trump has been you look you look it up and i'm gonna play this clip from npr real quick okay the u.s supreme court After much speculation, Elon Musk is buying Twitter for about $44 billion and taking the company private. There are lots of questions about what the world's richest person plans to do with the social network. For some answers, let's turn to NPR tech
3: correspondent Shannon Bond. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Rob. Shannon, how did this deal come together
1: in the end?
5: Well, I mean, ultimately, Twitter's board looked at Musk's offer and decided it was a good deal. And remember, it was only early April when Musk, who himself is a prolific Twitter user, he has more than 83 million followers, he revealed he'd been accumulating the stake in Twitter. And less than two weeks ago, he came in with an offer to buy the whole company. And that sent the board into crisis mode, right? Like, was Musk serious? Was this a fair price? Is there a better offer or a different option out there? But the board and Musk reportedly met over the weekend and into today to hammer out the details. And in the end, this all came together quite quickly.
2: It certainly did. You know, there's been a lot of back and forth over the past couple of weeks. And it seemed like Twitter did not want Musk to take it over. What changed?
5: Yeah. I mean, Elon Musk is polarizing, to say the least. This whole saga has been polarizing. And the board had actually even put in place what's called a poison pill to try to block Musk from buying more of the company. And that was partly to buy themselves time to consider this deal. It appears what changed is that last week, Musk laid out his financing plans, showing he was serious. You know, he's got several banks promising loans. He's going to put in his own cash. And at that point, I think the board had to take the offer much more seriously. Now, Musk offered $54.20 a share. And that's a lot higher than what Twitter has been trading at for most of this year. So today, with the announcement, Twitter chairman Brett Taylor said, you know, this is a big premium, and the board does believe this is the best path forward for shareholders.
3: So what does Musk plan to do with Twitter? Has he said anything about uh, making any changes?
5: He said lots of things. He's tweeted lots of ideas. Um, his biggest <laughs> priority seems to be around Twitter's rules about what people can post. Now, mm. you know, in that Twitter is pretty much in line with the other big social networks, but Musk thinks these kind of restrictions are excessive. And in today's announcement, you know, he described free speech as the bedrock of democracy and Twitter as quote the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated.
2: All right, um, so yeah, that's pretty much the the Elon Twitter saga. I guess I don't know if there. I mean, who knows? We're, we'll probably end up talking about this again once he is kind of running the show and potentially what they want to do with it. Yeah, um, it's really funny because Adam Curry definitely thinks that he that that Musk is going to destroy Twitter. Yeah, he um, does think that. So I, I'm I am curious to see what's going to happen. I I'm curious to see. just called him the destroyer of things. Yeah, um, it would be interesting if. He doesn't end up doing like a whole lot with it. He just lets it be more open, you know. That the rules are more like set in place. I know everybody kind of has these different ideas about what they what they want, um, and it seems like a lot of people would like like clearer guidelines on things. Because um, there was a there's a pretty pretty famous moment from a Joe Rogan podcast where Tim Pool was asking their. Um, one of their like community directors or whatever. Do you remember that? Uh, and oh, she, yeah. she wouldn't directly answer. Like he'd be like, well, you have these things that seem to be uh, uh, not condescending, but uh, that don't make sense. Cause on one side you're saying like, you can't say these things, but on the other side you're saying, well, this is another rule, but these rules contradict each other. Uh, what What's all that about? And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that one in particular. Like I'd have to look it up. Uh, in order to tell you whatever and so kind of just proving that twitter and the people who were running it are completely incompetent um and this was even like back when jack dorsey was running it um he's he's kind of been on this like good guy arc recently which i've found to be a little weird um it's like people couldn't stand him and then all of a sudden he left twitter and he was like getting into crypto and now everyone's like oh jack dorsey they're like what
3: (laughs) fangirling for jack it's like it's, it's
2: weird man this, elon this elon well, year because it's
3: interesting because you know i've seen you know that there have been complaints with elon for how he treats his workers can't say or the environment yeah uh, I, don't, uh, I, I, mean, gary, I don't know what do you mean by the environment he,
2: well, gary worked for tesla and he said he loved it
3: yeah so I mean, for uh, gary for nerdrotic yeah oh that's cool yeah. or the animals he's implanting with Neuralink. <laughs> i mean like yeah I, or the countries yeah. he supports you know it, uh coups and stuff i'm like what are you talking about yeah I don't know any.
2: yeah if this stuff is true right hard evidence also if we're going to uh criticize musk for his treatment of animals we need to talk about uh was it the nhs again um and what they were doing with beagles and yep. other and definitely it's happening with other animals too so it's, it's like- People like
3: to criticize private citizens way more than they like to do their own government.
2: Yeah, the public citizen, like, I guess, public figures or whatever, or who are in um, more federally funded, whatever the case may be, they always seem to get so much slack uh, compared to other people. And technically, Musk is getting funded by the government for a lot of his his stuff. Like, it's, you know, but yeah, he is mostly a private citizen. I mean, how um,
3: Tesla took off, or SpaceX, I should say, not Tesla, te- uh, SpaceX, both, was because yeah. um, of the government contract he got uh, to NASA. Yeah, so,
2: te- And Tesla's super sus, dude. I mean, like, the stock on that thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's one of those things where you're like,
3: eh, okay. <laughs> kind of like another Netflix and Spotify deal. Eventually, that thing's going to, you yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. people were talking about, you know. But, I mean, from all, you know, I, I, I like Elon from everything I see of him. I mean, He's at least—it seems a, like a cool guy to
2: hang out with, and talk with, and chill with, and stuff. You know, he's an interesting person to follow.
3: Yep, very interesting person yeah. to follow. All
2: right, man. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we close out?
3: Yeah, eventually we're going to get to this food shortage stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but the food shortage will be
3: here when we get yeah. to it. Though. He'll be
2: like, listen, we, we were trying to talk about this for like two months, but stuff kept getting in the way. And we know that, you know, no one can buy food anymore, but we're going to talk about it now. So, yeah, hopefully we need to just put that at the top of the list for next week and just talk about it. No matter what yeah. else is going on, we should talk about that.
3: It's just interesting, especially considering what uh, the BlackRock uh, president uh, said about it uh-huh. also.
2: Well, yeah, and then you've got uh Bill Gates. And a lot yep. of the stuff he's been talking about with, uh, countries not eating, uh, or like first world countries Synth. not eating real meat or whatever. Yeah. And it's just you like, dude. Eat synthetic. and then it was it Elon that, that sent that picture out that, that yeah. like Bill Gates looked like he was <laughs> pregnant. And he's like, this guy doesn't want you, uh, is telling you about your health or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, that stuff, it, it's so, it's so ridiculous. I think I, I want to have like a little bit of hope in a majority of people that, there are just some things that are too ridiculous for them to go along with.
3: Yeah. Listen, um, great nutrition advice right here uh, from myself. Best thing that you can do, if it looks like a science experiment, don't eat it. If God made it, <laughs> eat it. <laughs> that simple. Yeah, something like that. You know what the ingredients in beef is? Beef. <laughs> yeah, beef, pretty much. Um, That's the same way I how I feed my animals. If I look at the back of something and it has like 10, 15, 30 ingredients, I'm like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, don't forget to follow us, subscribe to us, comment, like, engage, set up the PayPal donations. Yeah.
2: And uh, we will be back on Thursday. We're going to be talking about uh, the Northmen and... Thor, Love and Thunder, and Lord of the Rings again. Uh, There's a little more news that's come out about it. So until then, y'all take it easy. Politics ruins everything.
1: Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap They distort so question as if you war shack Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped It ain't that you can't see Cause you can find it homes just that you don't want to You cope by putting the blindness on I've been trying to find some kind of way But I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and last to nonsense Cause your mind is gone I can't save every person in politic and It's bringing the worst out the very earth on this turf, is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk, I've got the hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose, and it's a beautiful thing too, uh, hold up, yay, ay, ay, looking at the technological advances, I used to be on dial-up looking for answers, now what, underappreciating was handed, and 20 years later we got computers that hand fit, used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros, now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe, used to go through a label if you trying to blow, now people got more options on the table, gotta post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you. You're sad enough at a sad segment that gets aggravated And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil Emotions firing like microwave foil Or the oil, they annoy you You add another's neck for the wrong reasons Election years now seeming like full-blown seasons Man, you let politics ruin or rather control your whole life Man, you're gonna be a miserable person Straight up and Unfortunately, that's where we're at A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.